0: Hi, I'm Michaela from Columbus, and I would absolutely recommend 3C. Because the accident wasn't my fault, 3C stepped in to handle the other person's insurance company, so I didn't have to do a thing. While they were fixing up my bumper, they actually fixed up a few of the scratches that were there, and now it looks brand new. I would totally
1: recommend 3C to my friends and family, and I have been. (laughs) 3C!
2: Hey guys, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show into the apps all the people like to listen to? And how do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of these questions is really simple. It's called Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and extremely easy to use. And now... Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I've been using Anchor now for oh, almost a year, and I really enjoy it. It's a lot easier than any of the other podcast apps I've ever tried. And again, it's free, guys. It really is free. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, So if you want to get started on a podcast and making money doing it, then go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start anchor the best way to podcast.
1: This is Kennedy Landry, the Rangers beat reporter for MLB.com. And this is the Rangers report podcast.
2: This is the Ranger report podcast news, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Berryman. Welcome to the Ranger Report Podcast. We will be joined by Chris Halleck of Inside the Rangers and the North Texas 9 podcast here in just a moment. But don't forget to check out the slash shop and look at our merchandise and buy yourself something. Do not forget about the Buy Me a Coffee slash The Ranger Report and patreon.com slash The Ranger Report, which I don't talk about much. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go to Apple, uh, I, uh, go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review and comment on it if you like it and if you don't like it i guess go ahead and leave us a bad review but hopefully you like it if you're listening so thank you for that uh we're gonna hear from uh, from our sponsor waltons and then we will start talking to chris Halleck from inside the rangers you're listening to the ranger report podcast
1: Experience the joy of watching your friends and family's faces light up when you feed them wild game you harvested and made them delicious sausages, or meat you barbecue and grill with the finest seasonings available. Visit our friends at Waltons.com to find everything you need to turn wild game into tasty meat snacks, or spice up your barbecue with new flavors and seasonings. With over 500 seasonings to choose from, there's something that everyone will love. They even have step-by-step videos and how-to articles at Beachistics to help you go from animal to edible. Use coupon RANGERS15 at checkout to save 15% on your first order at waltons.com. Waltons, everything but the meat.
2: Welcome back. We're pleased to be joined this week by Inside the Rangers Beat Writer, and he has his own podcast, North Texas 9. Chris Halleck, how are you, sir?
0: Good. Thank you, for, thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate it.
2: You bet. And I'd like to comment that I really enjoy your uh, off-day uh, cover videos w- when you sing songs. I really like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's I, I'm, I'm glad that somebody likes it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just something – I mean, honestly, it was just something fun that I did. Uh, well, I did it for, for, a good, for a good cause, I guess, um, to raise um, awareness for mental health during May um because of the song choice that i did which was uh, i am broken too by kill switch engage and then uh after that it was just kind of like i untapped something that i haven't done in a long time so i was just like well i'll uh i'll do this and i'll just kind of have fun with it and that's just what it's kind of been from that point on so um nothing much to it but i'm glad people are enjoying them (laughs) yeah as
2: a musician myself i I like seeing other guys that are into that and the only the only stuff i'm brave enough to put out there is over the years i've done a couple of spoof songs you know about the rangers and that's about the only stuff i've been brave enough to put out if i sing i try to sing like somebody else so
0: okay well i got your next spoof for you uh my my wife actually came up with this so (laughs) Um, back in 2019, when Joey Gallo started to break out, we had just watched, um, the movie a star is born and she started, uh, going like, like Joey Gallo, Gallo, (laughs) Joey Gallo, Gallo, so you could write a song, a cover of or parody of shallow and just name it Gallo (laughs) instead.
2: I like that. I think that'll be coming out in the next few
0: weeks. (laughs) That's my that's my wife's idea, so she gets all the credit
2: yeah, for it. I, I yeah, I'll credit her for it, for sure. But speaking of Gallo, let's start off with some Rangers questions. Aside from the obvious guys like Gallo Garcia, who do you think has stood out the most for you in the 2021 season?
0: Uh, outside of uh, Gallo and Garcia, it's probably got to be Kyle Gibson. Um, I, I mean, obviously, opening day was was pretty pretty awful for him. Uh, he had an ERA of 135. Uh, but since then he's been, I mean, other than Jacob DeGrom, I mean, you look at numbers since then, it's hard to argue. Anybody else is the best pitcher in baseball. Maybe, I mean, you can make an argument for a couple guys out of the national league, but the, and when it comes to the pitchers in the American league, I mean, he has the lowest CRA in the American league and that's including opening day. He, he's looked like a different pitcher this year. I don't think it's only the, the addition of the cutter. I think that definitely helps. Uh, for sure actually if you look at some of the numbers on the cutter um, it's actually the the pitch that hitters usually hit like they, they have the highest a- average against but when you add that to the mix of everything else that he has and the way he mixes his pitches and the way he locates them in the addition to the fact that his slider is really underrated um, that that his the woba on his slider is, Better than Max Scherzer, who his slider is considered to be one of the best in Major League Baseball. Uh, you just look at everything there. If you actually do some digging, Kyle Gibson's been one of the best pitchers in all of baseball, and it's not really an argument. So I think that's. I think whenever the Rangers signed him, I thought that that would be a good addition, but I thought he would look more like a middle to back end of the rotation kind of guy, not a guy who looks like he can front the rotation like Lance Lynn became. And I think just. That alone is worth mentioning, right up there with guys with what Joey Gallo and Adolis Garcia are doing. And then, if you're not going to mention Kyle Gibson, then probably Isaiah Counterfuleffa because he gets left out of way too many conversations. And um, his defense is superb. And if it's it's either probably going to be either him or J.P. Crawford that wins the Gold Glove at shortstop, and yeah, it's they've got some guys who can legitimately be all stars. And I think that's what's kind of crazy about this 2021 Rangers team is that they've got talent and they've got guys who are playing really well. They just they're a really
1: young and inexperienced team, which is why they're not winning a lot of games. And speaking of that, speaking of Isaiah Connor for his his move to shortstop has been absolutely seamless. So do you think he's actually getting enough of that national attention to be considered for a gold glove?
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, when it comes to gold glove, I mean, first off, the fan, they don't rely on the fans to vote for that. And that's not a dig at the fans. It's just, well, OK, sure. It's a dig of the fans because the fans <laughs> didn't even put Isaiah kind into the top 10 in, of American League shortstops. And that's that's pretty uh, disrespect. I, I mean, it, it's when you look at what Isaiah kind of has done. Um, Especially, uh, you know, as a gold glove winner last year I mean, so think about that He's already won a gold glove as third baseman <laughs> Really, it's J.P. Crawford And then Angelton Simmons gets the name recognition But then, uh, like, uh, outside of those other two guys Isaiah kind of left his uh, <laughs> He's right up there I mean, the stats speak for themselves Defensive run saved Defensive B war Everything else, it, it ranks right up there It's hard to not argue against it and the, the voting process or how that's selected isn't reliant on the fans. These are people that actually study the game, so and, and know the game a little bit better. Uh, so I I'm, I'm not saying he's a shoe in. He definitely has competition. Uh, but he if he's not a finalist, it, it, that's a travesty. He'll at least be a finalist for sure.
2: That's pretty good for you know a catcher move to shortstop. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it, and it's it's so funny because like. I Like, I have to know who's like, I know when you guys say that it's, it's pure sarcasm, but then I have some people who still come to me and I think they're being sarcastic and they're like, no, no, really? He was a catcher. I'm like, oh, okay. Now I have to educate you. Okay. No, he was <laughs> yeah. not. And then you go down the road. So yeah, that's. It's still funny to go back with that fan graphs. Thing. Yeah, I was going to
2: say I think yeah. I think we'll be we'll be harping on that for years to come, I think, cuz it was pretty funny. <laughs> but speaking of that, we asked you last time we talked, who you thought would be the leader of this team. Now that we're halfway through the season, do they have a leader, is it leader by committee? Who do you think is kind of the 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 leader inside the clubhouse of this team right now?
0: If you, if I have to go with one guy, it would probably would be Isaiah. Um now granted, I can't can't say well, oh, it's difficult because I. And also, we're not in the clubhouse yet, so it's a little harder to, yeah. to to really say that. But just just from what we do see in field access and the way players talk to each other, at least out there, and it, it always is a different feel inside the clubhouse. But I would say Isaiah, Jose Trevino's a, a really good guy. He's he's a vocal guy, and even a guy like Joey Gallo, he's not going to be a guy who who. Uh, he's going to be more of a lead by example type of guy. He's not going to be like the vocal leader. He's not going to be like your traditional Michael Young type of leader. He's going to be more like, this is what I do. This is how I do it. And I'm just going to let my, my work speak for itself. Uh, And then Kyle Gibson, I think is really taking the pitch, the pitching staff under his wing. And I think that's why, when you have guys like that, um, Oh yeah. On the position players side, I don't want to forget about guys like Brock Holtz or Charlie Culberson. I think those guys are playing leadership roles as well. And so that's as the trade deadline approaches, that is something to consider for the remainder of the season is you trade away. All those guys, you trade away Gallo, Gibson, Holt, Culberson, you trade away all those guys because all those guys in some sort of capacity could be beneficial to contending to contending teams. So, do you trade away all those guys and then possibly trade away almost all of your leadership? Um, I it, mean, it's, there's a lot of variables that go into trade deadline talk and everything like that. But in, in terms of one leader, I, I still think that leader will be there no matter what. I, if I have to say one, it probably would be Isaiah.
1: And speaking of leadership uh, kind of talking about the older guard, let's let's move to the bullpen. Ian Kennedy has reestablished himself as a solid back end piece. So, but with him likely moving at the deadline, what kind of haul do you think the Rangers could get for somebody like him?
0: For a guy like Kennedy, I mean, he's you know he'd be a rental, so that's automatically going to decrease his value. Um, when you look at the fact, that, yeah, he he could pitch near the back end. I mean, if you think about it, most contending teams have a legitimate closer, so they're not trying to acquire one. Um, not saying that he can't ever pitch in a safe situation or anything like that. It's just usually teams that are winning a lot of games usually have the back end of their bullpen taken care of, but you can always add another guy. And so, yeah, that makes Kennedy valuable. I don't think you'd get even a top 100 prospect in baseball. Honestly, Um, you probably could get, and it obviously depends on the organization. You probably could get a team's top 15, prospect maybe um top 20 it, but again it also depends on the organization if you're talking about one of the better organizations in baseball you'll probably be lucky to get a top 20 one of the most depleted systems in baseball maybe you get a top 10 uh probably not much more than that you're not going to get much for a, a, a reliever who's aging and you know a rental yeah, I just don't. I don't see teams willing to part with prospects like like they used to. This isn't the way it was even five years ago. Uh, teams tend to want to hold on to their to their assets unless they're really going for it. And even then, I mean, look at some of the big blockbuster trades that have happened. There haven't been a lot of prospects given up. Um, in like, look at the Nolan Arenado trade. Not might be a bad example because that leadership in Colorado is not even there anymore. But But even generally, overall, you don't see a lot of top prospects moving like they used to.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. That is true. Uh, Speaking of the deadline that we talked about a second ago, we know that the Joey Gallo trade talks are about to heat way up. That's all we're going to hear about for the next couple of weeks. You know, we've also been told that the Rangers are trying to maybe work out an extension with him or at least thinking about it. Um, Him and Kyle Gibson both. If the Rangers can be competitive in 2022, they probably need to hang on to these guys. Do you get a sense that they feel like they could be competitive in 2022 and want to keep these guys? Or do you think if they get an offer that blows them away, that both those guys are gone?
0: Uh, So I don't think next year is realistic because let's just say the Rangers stand pat and don't part with any key pieces. So let's say they stand pat with Gibson and, and Gallo. And they trade away guys like Kennedy and Holton Colberson. Culberson. And let's say everything goes right, which it doesn't. But let's say everything goes right in free agency next year or in, in the winter. And they are able to sign Trevor Story and a pitcher. And let's just say that pitcher is Clayton Kershaw. Let's, and then that would be everything going right for the Rangers. Do you do you do you see the Rangers as a competitive team if they were to make those two signings and add those only two players to this roster right now? And my answer would be no. They would still need to add more pieces. So I and that's in my eyes, in my opinion, if everything goes right, that that to me would still would not be. It would be a better team. It would be a team that probably flirts with five hundred because you have this team that's gaining experience and will pro and the players that they really want to invest in will probably be better next year. Guys like Nate Lowe guy, maybe even Nick Solak is better. Jose Trevino might be better. Jonah Heim, you know, you can look at a number of guys, Eli White might be a regular at that point. You know, some of those guys might be better, but it's still not a contending team. It's still not a world series championship team. So I think the earliest you're looking at is 2023. And then the question becomes is Joey Gallo, going to help us win in 2023. Well, he won't under this current uh, control because his club control expires at the end of next year. So you have to either extend him if you want him to become a part of that. And if you don't want to do that or don't think you can do that, then you need to trade. Him. That's just the bottom line. And then what comes to Kyle Gibson, you can he's a guy you can extend. He's already in house. He likes he likes it here. So if you think he can sustain this for the next three or four seasons, by the time you're competitive, that way he can be part of that rotation, then you extend him and you try to work that out instead of possibly swinging and missing in free agency. Who knows if he's going to be pitching at that level or at this level for the next three or four years? Because as as good as he is this year, he's never been this good in his career thus far. So there's a lot of variables to consider here. I don't think that, oh, well, it sounds like you should just trade both Gallo and Gibson. I'm not necessar- not, not necessarily saying that, but I, I, because I do think there's a scenario where the Rangers could extend Gallo and he can become a part of a contending team that begins, I guess, trying to
1: contend in 2023 or later. Yeah, and the trick with Gibson is that he's already 33. So mm-hmm. the Rangers and you know other teams trading for him have to figure out, you know, do they believe? that he's going to be this effective for two, three more years. And the Rangers have to do the same. So that's obviously the trick there, but let's move on. You mentioned Eli white. He's come on very strong since returning from his short stint at triple a round rock earlier this year. And it seems like he's solidified that left field spot. And so if he continues to to progress, how murky is the outfield situation looking now with the Rangers moving forward, especially if they keep Gallo. And is that a good problem to have? Well, it's always a great problem to have too many
0: good players. (laughs) Um, But, you know, so, like, as of right now, they've got two outfield spots locked down with Adolis Garcia and Joey Gallo. And quick little sidebar, quick little disclaimer, we can't pretend that Adelis Garcia is a proven commodity already. I mean, this mm-hmm. is his rookie year. I mean, he's not only going to prove it for the rest of this year, he's got to prove it for, the, for in 2022, 23, 24. He's got to continue to prove it. You know, uh, there, there's a reason why when the Rangers designated him for assignment, and put him on outright waivers to outright him to AAA in January that nobody claimed. There is a reason because nobody thought that he would become this kind of a player. Now he has become this kind of a player, but we've also seen players get off to really hot starts. And then some not only cool off but fall off a cliff today, we're recording this on Friday. You mean Mercedes got optioned. And if when we were talking, you know, through mid midway through May, it was American league rookie of the year was going to come down to Garcia or Mercedes. And now Mercedes isn't even in the big leagues. It it could come to a point where Garcia just falls off a cliff. So quick little sidebar. Let's not, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying, let's not already assume that Garcia is improving commodity, but let's just say for this argument that, that he is Eli white could absolutely become a regular. And I wrote about this on on the site uh, at the, in the mid mid season report, if he can hit regularly, if he can hit, at league average or slightly above league average with his speed and his defense and his defensive versatility. Uh, he could be a very, very valuable player for a, a contending team for, for a championship team. Uh, Chris Woodward compared him to Chris Taylor, which I get a lot of people are going to say, Oh, well it's because he you know, coached for the Dodgers. Well, if you look at the comparison, it's actually a pretty accurate comparison there. Um, so I, I think if the Rangers have a Chris Taylor type of player, but a lot younger, like a guy like Eli white, then yeah, I think that's a really good player to have. Uh, is he a regular? Is he, uh, your everyday left fielder? Eh, Probably not. But is he playing left field three times a week and playing second base or like in the infield two times a week? Okay. Yeah. He's, he could be that type of player. Absolutely. And I, I think that's a definitely a guy you can have on a championship team for sure. Uh, and the proof that you need of that is the comparison to Chris Taylor. and He was on the Dodgers, a team that's been to the World Series and for you know consecutive years and then obviously won the World Series last year.
1: Right, and the reason I ask, is it a good problem to have because as a Rangers follower and fan, we haven't had a good history of picking the guy to stick with and getting rid of the other guy to try to get assets. They actually, I'll give it one and a half recently, of most recent memory, and that was Mitch Moreland because he was the third guy behind Justin Smoke and Chris Davis at that first base spot, he ends up being the guy. And then we ended up trading Mark, you know, not tra- trading Mark to share for what would ended up being a world series type haul. Obviously the 2010, 2011 season seasons had, you know, Matt Harrison, Elvis Andrews and, and uh Neftali Feliz and the big guy. And that one was supposed to be Jared Salt the but you get to share you get that trade. That's the half because they ended up sticking with the share and trading away Adrian Gonzalez for peanuts. So that's kind of the why I asked. That. Is it a good problem for the Rangers to have specifically? But that's that's where that's coming from.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally understand that because there there's always going to be the, those type of trades that happen. Uh, but then there's going to be the type of acquisitions that they make where, if Adolis Garcia does stick, and he is like a three four win player every year. I mean they literally bought him from the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. I mean they didn't they, they didn't even have to give up a player. There are like a player to be named later. They didn't have to give up anything. They literally said, "Here's some cash, give us Adolis Garcia." And th- that's what happened. That is the definition of literally stealing a player from a from an organization. So there's always going to be th- those those type of trades uh I definitely get where you're coming from, though, because I've definitely even watching the Rangers back in the back in the day. Whenever I saw Chris Davis explode in Baltimore, I'm like, oh, my gosh, they traded away the wrong first baseman Uh, because, you know, the Rangers still had Mitch Moreland and Chris Davis was becoming a a superstar in Baltimore. And then obviously, (laughs) look how that's turned out now. Davis is That's just it's funny how time time can change opinions on things multiple times
2: oh yeah um and you know you they also have guys now in double a i know you went there and watched a game i think was it yesterday or the day before
0: yeah last night i took the family out there uh first time we had all been out there together to watch a, a rough riders game so
2: yeah so they've got guys like josh stowers and bubba thompson out in the outfield who are great and now kind of blocked by all that so again those could either be great trade pieces or if Dolis doesn't work out you know someone like bubba thompson could come up in in two years or so and take over that center field spot
0: and, and really quick, since we're talking about trades, who, how did the Rangers acquire Josh Stowers? Uh, that was in the Rugno Dodor trade. Exactly. They didn't even think they were going to get anything for rugy when they designated him for assignment. And then all of a sudden they pulled off a trade and now Stowers is raking and doubling. Yeah. I so, mean,
2: we had him on the podcast. I'm, He's an awesome dude, man. And yeah, and I'm glad to see him raking like he is.
0: Uh, yeah, no, they've definitely, they, they've got a lot of outfield options. And uh one guy who I actually kind of had as probably not part of the Rangers future is David Dahl. Uh, and he's got two more years, years of control after this season. So it's not like the Rangers like have to make a decision and like he's possibly gone. It's like, no, if they want, they can have him for two more years. They, all they have to do is um, offer him arbitration or, you know, and that, you know, that's it. Um, and he's theirs as long as they tender him an offer. But yeah, th- there's a lot of options and it's a good problem to have because if obviously you hit, I mean, that's the other thing is that the Rangers haven't always hit on a lot of guys at one time. And when they do they, yeah, you have to make a decision Yeah, uh, obviously. But again, I think that's a problem that most Rangers fans would definitely welcome, especially after having losing seasons every year since 2017, if all of a sudden they have six outfielders that are all (laughs) worthy of playing in the major (laughs) leagues and they have to trade a couple to, to make room, yeah, the Rangers would definitely take that. I think most fans would take that
2: too. Let's switch to the uh, to the rotation here for a minute, which is also looking bright. You know, you've got Dane Dunning being developed, and by the way, CJ loves it when I bring this up. Uh, Colby Allard was my player to watch. I thought he would be. Uh, uh, I thought he would really come on this year, and you know, I'm going to brag about that as long as I can. But then we've also <laughs> got you know guys like Cole Wynn, Hans Kraus, Jake Latz, You know, down in the minors as well. Uh, how excited should Rangers fans be if this all works out? I mean, what's the rotation going to look like in three years?
0: Um, so I had, I had somebody in the Rangers, uh, organization, one of the higher, higher ranking executives tell me, uh, that the rotation in double A this year was going to be a lot of fun to watch. And they told me that before the season started here, it is in July and that rotation is pretty fun to watch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I mean, that could just be like, oh, well, they're tooting their own horn. That's great. Well, they were right. This rotation has been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Cole Wynn looks like he's going to be a, a piece, man. Um, th- this guy, that same person told me that he he blends uh, power and feel really, really well. Uh, I've heard the same thing whenever I've talked to coaches, whenever I've talked to even, even Chris Woodward uh, in spring training when he got eyes on him. That guy, I mean, Colwyn definitely looks like he's going to be a guy who's going to be a part of the rotation at some point. Uh, And he should be. I mean, he was a first-round pick. I mean, he definitely should be at some point be a part of the rotation. I don't know if it's uh, as early as next year. Uh, The earliest it could be would maybe be around this time next year. But he may not even get to AAA this year. And if he doesn't, then I would not rush his development. I think that's one thing that Rangers fans definitely don't want to see is another pitching prospect rushed. But Cole Wynn is definitely going to be a, a, be a piece. Hans Krauss, there's still some speculation. Not so much within the organization, but there's still some speculation that he's going to eventually become a become a reliever. I think that's the, the jury's still kind of out on that. Um, he's. I think Hans Krauss is definitely going to become a fan favorite. And he's definitely got the attitude, the swagger. That's going to make him a fan favorite, no matter if he's starting in the first inning or if he's coming out in the seventh or eighth inning more um, than in the ninth inning. Uh, I think he's going to be a fan favorite, no matter what uh, Jake Latz, the biggest concern with him was health. They, and, you know, I had people tell me if he, if he's going to stay healthy this year, he's going to do really well. Well, he stayed healthy so far and he's pitched really well. So uh, again, they they were right on that. So they, they've got, when it comes to what the rotation could look like, yeah, Dane Dunning could be there. Colby Allard could be there. I always want to reserve at least one spot for a free agent signing. I don't know if that's going to be like a top tier, like Max Scherzer type of signing. I'm not saying that. It could be another Kyle Gibson signing somebody they signed for three years, which at this rate, with the way they've hit on Mike Minor, the way they hit on Lance Lynn, the way they hit on Kyle Gibson let the Rangers keep trying to find these guys and sign the three-year deals until they miss on one, uh, because they, they are, they are hitting on him right now. So, um, so you could see Dunning, you could see Allard, you could see John King. They're stretching him out to a starter right now. He's pitched really well out of the bullpen. Uh, he's pitched really well in multiple innings. Um, so if he starts starting at, at some point, maybe he can become uh, a rotation candidate next year. Taylor Hearn, I, I, I know some fans really kind of don't, don't, like that idea too much but the guy wants to start he's uh now throwing a four seamer and a two seamer to go along with the changeup up in the slider so he's uh widening his uh repertoire so you know if he can begin to turn a corner as well then maybe you start to see taylor hearn compete for compete for a spot you, you've got a lot of options man uh, and i think that's the really good thing and i think that's the one thing about the ranger system is that the thing that they get hounded on more than anything is that they don't have a lot of impact talent, which that's about to change because of the draft. Um, They don't have a lot of impact talent, but they have a lot of talent. They're deep. They just don't have a lot of like wow guys. They don't have a lot of guys that can become superstars in the eyes of scouts. So when you look at a guy like Cole Wynn, who could possibly come up and become a solid middle, middle rotation type of guy to go along with maybe Jack Leiter, I don't want to say for sure. <laughs> oh. uh, maybe a, maybe a Jack Lighter. I don't know. Um, and I, I really, I really—that's a whole conversation for another time. But there's <laughs> no, no, no. listen. There's a lot of there's a lot of rotation pieces that are that are here, uh, even internally. And then the Rangers are also going to be spending money over the next couple of winters. So there's going to be free agents. Our guys and they sign as free agents in there too. So uh, kind of hard to pinpoint like anything. But I think there's a lot of names we just talked about that. Are definitely definitely going to be in the mix in the next couple yeah. of years
1: there's two names there that we want to we want to kind of hit on i'm going to hit on taylor hearn like right now he just seems like he's not ready to be a starter he tends to work best right now as a tandem guy coming out of the bullpen after a right-hander starts on the mound so do you kind of see him staying in that role for the rest of the year or do you see them trying to tinker with him being a starter again
0: i, I think they're going to try to stretch him out uh, i don't know if it's going to happen now like like this weekend or anything like that. But I think after the all-star break, maybe after the trade deadline, especially if they do trade Kyle Gibson, they're going to need more innings. And if they need more innings, they need to look internally. Uh, And so Taylor would become one of those guys. And uh, obviously the command is an issue there, but uh, I can tell you right now, the Rangers have a lot of faith in him. Uh, He has a lot of faith in himself um, I think uh, he still could be the talent is obviously there. And sometimes with these guys, with these really talented guys, like sometimes it just, it, it just takes time or it just takes one thing for them to just click all of a sudden. And then all of a sudden they haven't figured it out and they, they get going and they're and there's no stopping them at that point. So I, I think you're still going to kind of see him in the, bullpen role tandem role that he's in right now where maybe he pitches one inning here but then another night he pitches two three innings but I think eventually you will see him stretched out to kind of doing what John King is doing right now which really was kind of the actual tandem role because they needed to bring Dane Dane Dunning's uh, uh, innings down they needed to bring his inning count down. he could not log that many innings this year they want to keep him healthy long term um so they had to bring that down and they paired john king with them as they wanted to stretch him out so that was a shrewd move by the by the by the coaching staff and then so taylor could be another guy who steps in and especially like i said especially if they trade gibson they're going to need innings and he could be be one of the guys that steps in right away and tries to give them some innings so i, I think that he's going to stretch out eventually he just might not be as quickly as they did with king
2: yeah, King is also the other guy we wanted to talk about. He's being stretched out as well, uh, but it seems like you know there's a lot of people in front of him for being a starter right now. Do you think he's a legit contender, or do you think the Rangers just want to see how he does pitching more innings?
0: I think it's a little bit of both. I think he's a legitimate contender. First off, I'm going to pull up his baseball spot page right now. Listen, when this guy was pitching out of the bullpen, like I was kind of wondering, like he he's not like the the typical guy who's going to blow you away that comes out of the bullpen. Like he doesn't, he doesn't throw gas, uh, but he was getting a ton of swing and miss. And I kept asking Chris Woodward about it. I'm like, dude, this guy is missing bats like crazy. Like what's, what's the deal with this guy. And now, I mean, he's getting to that point where they're stretching him out. They want to get more of a look at him and uh, shoot. Why not with everything that he's doing right now? I mean, sh- yeah. So I'm pulling up right now. So, his ch- if you guys had to guess, uh, unless you've looked at baseball savant recently, but if you guys had to guess, w- what percentile is his chase rate in? Uh, um,
2: I haven't looked, but I would guess 50 percent, maybe. <laughs>
1: no. I'll go. I'm going to go higher because just because you kind of gave me a hint, <laughs> I'm going to say seventy-five. <laughs> no, he's
0: in a ninety-fifth percentile. Whoa! In chase he's in the ninety-eighth percentile in barrel percentage. He misses bats, and that is something that starters, the starters need to do. If they're, if you're going to pit, I mean, it's really great if you're only pitching an inning at a time. But if you're going to miss, if you're going to be pitching five, six, seven innings, you need to be able to miss bats. And I mean, the the problem is when he gets hit hard, he gets hit hard. That's the problem. Um, but he so like with him, it's like either the guy is way missing the ball, or he's barreling up like crazy um because like when you look at average exit velocity he's only in the 54th percentile um hard hit percentage is in the 43rd percentile uh he doesn't get a lot of strikeouts his fastball spins way down near the bottom uh but you don't necessarily need that um it's kind of funny because his chase rate is in the 95th percentile but his whiff percentage is in the 37th percentile so it's Mm -hmm. kind of funny how that works out but the the 98th percentile in the barrel percentage is pretty funny just because he's, he's either getting them off the end of the batter or off the handle. And that's just because of the nature of, of throwing the pitches that he does, throwing the sinker, throwing the changeup, throwing the cutter, throwing like that mix of pitches. And he throws, he mixes them really well. So this is a guy who I could absolutely think is, uh, especially in today's game where now everything's being policed, spin rates are coming down. Guys aren't able to use the stuff that they were able to use before guys like John King could end up shining a little bit more because now not saying fastball spin it like is obviously going away. There's still guys who are going to have that high spin, but guys like John King can shine now that guys aren't throwing 3000 RPM fastballs
1: on one. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to say that the, the barrel rate with the the sinker that he throws, he he throws a legit left-handed hard sinker. And it's, yep. it's just fun to watch hitters just beat it into the ground. It's, and, and his off-speed stuff complements that, so I, I could totally, I completely agree with you. And as far as the sticky stuff goes, isn't it a coincidence that since they started policing that, all of a sudden Joey Gallo's hitting bombs and Nate Lowe's coming back around? Uh, that's another. That's, a,
0: that's, a, <laughs> that's hey, the, the, the the organization doesn't think it's coincidence. I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> but I, I I will say this though: Joey's been raking for a while. I don't think mm-hmm. it, it just. I mean, his his OPS for the month of June, not not just for the last, but for the month of June, was over 1100. So I mean, he 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 raked in June. Now, granted, the very tail end of the month definitely helped those numbers, but even before then, I think his OPS was either right below or right above 900. So for for the month, I, I mean, so he was already having a good month, and then he just went into the
1: stratosphere um, with you know hitting home runs like crazy. All right, before we get to the last question, we do want to – a lot of the stuff that we've covered here today, and thank you so much for, for doing that. You, you've you got a two-part series up on uh, SI.com, and I encourage all the readers and listeners to go and read that because Chris gets really in-depth with how the Rangers are now with the, the roster and moving forward. So go up there. He's got the, the position players up right now, and hopefully over the weekend he says uh, right over the weekend that you're the pitcher's Uh, that part, part two will be up over the weekend. So I highly, highly encourage to go in and read Chris's stuff. He got good stuff all the time and, and you just help, you know, obviously help us out with a lot of the, a lot of the content that we had here this evening. So we very much appreciate it. And yeah, go, go read Chris's stuff. It's, it's very in-depth and you'll, you'll get a good read out of it. So with that last question, we usually throw something really, really wanky dank in here and something that doesn't have anything to do with the Rangers, but we're going (laughs) to, we're going to stick to the script here so um we all we always have to it seems like since he came off the IL Josh Young we got to ask the questions so he's come off the IL and we figured don't expect too much you know it's just he hadn't played a whole lot of baseball over the past year and a half and coming off the injury and then voila here he goes so um you got to go to the game last night what have you seen from Josh Young and what are you hearing obviously everybody's raving
0: yeah, uh just watching him in person. Uh now he he was only DH last night, so I didn't get to see him play the field, uh which was kind of disappointing because I, I did want to actually see him play third base. But uh just watching him at the plate, man, he he already looks like he looks like he belongs uh just the look. Obviously there's still some things that he's got to work out uh and got and he's he he's got to get games under his belt. That's the biggest thing, more than anything. You don't want to throw this guy to the wolves before he's ready. Let him get get some actual. Think about it this way: This guy was drafted in the first round in 2019. He you know finishes out his last season at Texas Tech. He gets drafted. He goes and he, and he plays uh, in the minors for the rest of the season. Then 2020, the entire season gets canceled. The only things that he's really able to do is any team organization team organized activities. So he played at the alternate site and he played in instructs in the fall. And then this year he can't play an entire spring training because he get, has a stress fracture in his foot and he just now comes back from it, you know, and, and like comes back into game action in June. Guys haven't even played a full professional season yet. And people already want to put him in Arlington. Now I get yeah. it. The excitement is there, but th- it's not like, this is like Bobby went junior either. This isn't like the number one prospect in all of baseball. It, and even then, if, even if it was, you still don't want to rush the guy. You you definitely want to make sure. Let's get some games under his belt. It doesn't matter if it's a double-A Frisco or if it's a triple-A Round Rock. Guys has got to see pitching. He's got to get a good feel for where your swing is. He's got to be able to work out the kinks. And, yeah, if he keeps hitting like this, a double-A Frisco for the next month, then he'll be in Round Rock before the season's over. Uh, and then if he goes to Round Rock and he rakes there, then maybe he gets a call up at, at near the end of September. Uh, if I'm hanging my hat on anything – I really don't think uh, he ends up uh, getting into Arlington until 2022 I really do think the injury kind of derailed any kind of opportunity for that to happen this year but that that's my own kind of conjecture right now I don't have any actual I haven't talked to anybody about that yet they anybody who I would talk to about that right now everything is completely focused 100 percent on the draft right now which is totally that's a big decision coming up in. Yeah, a few glider. Weeks.
1: Jack
0: uh, <laughs> exactly the point is that if it's if it's not jack lighter then it's jordan lawler if it's not jordan lawler then it's you know somebody you know it, there's gonna be a, a high impact talent guy added to the organization to the point where josh young probably won't even be the number one prospect in the organization after the draft i mean let's let's be realistic if if the rangers draft jack lighter josh young's not the number one prospect if the rangers draft jordan lawler Josh Young is more than likely not, more than likely not the number one prospect in the organization anymore. So I'm just yeah, but when it comes to Josh, this guy is he definitely looks like he's going to be uh, a legitimate big league player. Uh, He his his bat to ball is very very good already. That's something that I even got to see in just the one game I got saw see in person last night. Um, He hits the ball hard. He had a nice uh, two run single last night. He, he's an exciting player. He's a player worth getting excited about for sure. Is he going to be a perennial all-star? I I, I don't know. He could be uh, his talent level is there for sure. And the fact that he's added pull side power to his, uh, to his swing, that definitely helps things out. Uh, his versatility in the infield. He can play third base. He played shortstop in college. He's not going to stay there long-term, but he can play third base. He can play second base. This is a guy worth getting excited about. I just want, don't want to rush him to Arlington whenever he just needs to get games under his belt because he hasn't even played a full professional season yet.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. All right, Chris Halleck, follow him on Twitter at Chris Halleck. Uh, Inside the Rangers is the website, and you can also go to uh, North Texas 9, find it anywhere you find podcasts. Chris, thanks for taking the time tonight.
0: Hey, guys, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for listening
2: to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.